Um, but welcome back, everyone uh, watching online, and uh, welcome back, everyone here. Uh, when I was out hiking uh, a few weeks ago, I don't know if I, I've taken to hiking more often in the Santa Ritas. I don't know how many of you have been down there to hike. Uh, most of us probably just done Madera Canyon on the west side of the mountains. Uh, I've taken more to going on the east side of the mountains, and part of that is because now I have a vehicle that can get me on those roads on that side of the mountains. Uh, but it's also a lot quieter. Uh, sometimes you go up Madera Canyon, it's like a traffic jam, you know, you're dodging people all the time. Go on the east side, if you can get, if you got to try and get back there, two people maybe you'll see. Um, very quiet. Uh, I was back there a few weeks ago, me and Tobias were back there, and we came upon uh, this tree. And uh, Jimmy, can we get the tree there? There we go. Uh, this is, this is, this is what I found. This is, uh, that's Tobias in front of the tree. And uh, uh, it is an alligator juniper is the kind of a tree. It's kind of our local version of the cedar. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of them in the Santa Ritas. I know you get some of them partway up Mount Lemon. And this one sits kind of by a, dr a dry wash, you know, one that only runs when it's raining. There are some creeks there that flow most of the time. This one was one of those kind of only when it rains ones. And uh, so it sits by this little thing. I had to stop and get a picture of it, of course, because I looked at it, and I'm like, you could walk right through that. I was able to walk through it. I had to crouch down. Tobias could just walk right through it. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, you look at this hole, it's so big, right? Um, and it was burned out. The hole is there because of a fire, I don't know how many years ago. And, it, you know, normally, I was kinda, thought it was kind of interesting, because normally, the only trees you think you can go under are those redwoods, right? You got to go to California to get the redwood trees. We don't have to go to California. Uh, we have a tree you can walk under right here. Just go to the Santa Ritas. And so I had to get down, try to get a picture of it. I couldn't get an angle with the whole thing um, because there were other trees in my way. Uh, but I had to go down. So I got down to get the, get the picture and looked up. And you know what I saw? Needles. The thing's still alive. Even after getting the inside burned out um, and after the driest year on our records, it's still there. It's still got needles. You know, they're juniper needles, so they're kind of flattish. They're not like normal pine trees. Uh, but it's not dead. Um, so, you know, I look at this. I can't even imagine how old this thing must be. You know, hundreds of years probably. And it's got the roots. These old trees, you know, they've got roots that go deep down, right? They'll go down and then they'll hit a rock surface and they'll kind of go over it. And then they'll hit another one and they'll go under it or they'll find a wash and they'll crawl around. And so they end up with these long, sprawling, craggly root systems. And uh, the soil, I'm sure that goes, has to go down for a little bit of soil. It's not great soil there. Uh, but this is what's so amazing about these old trees. What do I love about these old trees? They can survive so much. I mean, they literally can survive fire and lightning and storm. They're kind of like living works of art. You know, they're not symmetrical, uh, but they're su super cool. Their beauty isn't in, in their symmetricalness. Their beauty is in their sort of gnarliness, right? Their beauty is in their ugliness. You know, a wind, a storm comes around and twists them and cranks them. Yeah, they just kind of adapt and keep going. Lightning hits, breaks the top off. It just breaks in two and keeps going. You know, it, it, it'll, get, it, it'll get split, it'll cover it up with sap, and it'll keep going. Fire comes and burns it off, 
it shows, lays down some needle, plants some new ones, keeps going. When the other trees get burned by the fire, these old ones, they keep going. They adjust. When the others get dried out in the drought, these keep going. Why? Because they're, they're rooted. The old trees are rooted. They know, you know, they know where to, how to survive. They go down a little and they hit a rock and they, they move sideways. They find a crack. They squeeze into it. This is what it means to be rooted, right? It's a long, slow process. It's a slow formation to be rooted. It, it, it's something that evolves over time, year after year. Uh, it it's involves getting used to your surroundings, adapting to your surroundings, growing around those. This old tree, it isn't just in the forest. It is a part of the forest. It changes the ground. And when it falls down, it'll take chunks of the ground with it. And yeah, animals live in it. And if you go down there in the Santa Rita's, they've got, you see the old, there's big old trees like that that have died. The Forest Service went through and had to put plaques on them telling people not to cut them down for firewood uh, because there's so many animals that live in them. And they live in them even after they die. And so that's what these trees do, these rooted trees, right? They become a part of the forest. And, and this is what, this is to me a great analogy about faith. It's kind of like that old tree, right? It's being rooted. It becomes a part of you after a while, after a long time of doing it, and it grows around you and you grow around it. And it becomes something that's almost inseparable. The way that it's hard to transplant an old tree. They don't do as well when you move them because they're rooted. And a deep faith in Jesus Christ is like that. It's rooted. It becomes a part of your life to, to such an extent that it changes you and you grow around it and it be, you become who you are around your faith. It isn't an external thing. It's something that at some point you can't imagine not being a part of your life where you can't think of yourself without Jesus, without the scriptures, without being in the church community, you become rooted in it. And how does this happen? There's a bit of a process to it. There's a few steps. I'll give you what I think are five of the key ones. It takes time. To be rooted takes time. You know, you grow deeper in your faith the more time you spend with God. The more years you live involved in your life with God, the more it becomes part of who you are and not just something you do. But it is a part of what you do. It also takes participation. You, know, you do the things of the faith. You put yourself into it. You put it on your calendar, right? And you involve yourself in it, reading the scriptures, serving. So it's not just something that's in your head. So it's something that you do over and over the way we would practice anything else, right? I was out playing basketball, me and Tobias again, out playing basketball, and I, I had played a little bit in high school, and I got the ball, and I was like, wow, I was able to do two-handed again. I'm sure it looked a lot more impressive than it actually was, because I wasn't playing real basketball players. You know, I wasn't playing people my size, but it, it just came back to me. Why? Because I'd done it so much. It was almost second nature. That's what you do when you participate. The faith gets rooted in you and becomes a second nature thing. And what else is there, of course, is repetition, which comes along with that, right? You do it over and over. Anything that takes time to grow 
takes repetition. And of course, number four, it takes relationships. Faith, faith can grow in isolation, but in reality, it grows much better when you're rooted in a community, when you have people to support you, when you have a church around you, when, when your church becomes not just strangers who you see on a, uh, once a week, but your family, your shoulder to cry on, your support, your soft place to land when times are tough. We grow in our faith as we grow together with each other. And it grows with testing. Faith grows with testing. Just like that tree, right, that gets blown around. It gets twisted. It gets burned. It gets battle scars. It gets tested and it keeps going and it becomes more beautiful because of the testing. So in many ways, I think faith is kind of like that. You know, a faith that's never tested can become shallow or fragile. You know, I, I think of a couple way, examples of that. Like one is, you know, sort of the, what happens when you go off to college, right? And this happens to, you know, kids who've grown up in churches that aren't really big into asking questions or doing a whole lot of critical thinking. You go off to college and you just, this is what it says, this is the way it is, you know, that's the answer to everything. And that's all you've heard week in and week out. And then you, you're there in your freshman Bible class and the professor goes, you know, there's two different creation stories in Genesis and they contradict each other. Therefore, they're not both true. Therefore, the Bible isn't true. Therefore, it's all false. Therefore, God is dead. And you're like, oh, God is dead, I've been paid. And you realize, we've always known there are two creation stories. That shouldn't be a shocking thing to you, right? But if you've never been tested, if you've never had to examine it in that kind of way, somebody throws a little curveball and suddenly, ah, but for most of us, it's not even at that intellectual of a level. For most of us, I think our testing is a little bit more personal. We still ask a deep question, but we're not asking it because of a textbook. We're asking it because of a tragedy or something that happened in life. Right? You lose a loved one and you say, to your, and you say God, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to him? Why didn't you stop it? How can you, you, you said you were in control. We said that in church, right? Pastor said God's in control. If you said you're in control, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you stop it? Are you even in this world? Those are big, deep questions. But they aren't coming from a textbook. But when you wrestle with those, your faith gets tested. And it doesn't mean, I'm, not, I'm never going to say that God makes a tragedy to strengthen your faith. I don't believe in that. But the tragedy does make you question. And when your faith wrestles around those tragedies, it is a stronger faith, like a tree that wrestles around a rock that's in its way. And after a while of journeying in a life with Jesus like this, we become like those old trees. I got a bend here, that broke there, I got burned there, got twisted around. I've had bad years and good years. And all that added up to making some, a wonderful faith with a wonderful God. A rooted faith. A rooted faith becomes like that. But here's the struggle. And here's the big struggle for us as churches, and it's a struggle that, you know, pastors that we agonize over and, and youth directors agonize over, and, which is, you know, how do you grow a rooted faith in our world today? Because particularly for us churches, we don't live in rooted communities anymore. 
not most of us, not Tucson. Most of Tucson's not that rooted. Um, you know, I, I think about, I think about like the parish my grandpa had out in southwest Minnesota. You know, everybody in that church grew up and was born, I mean, everybody after like 1850 was born and raised in that town. They grew up in that church. When you walk to the church, you walk through the cemetery. There's my grandpa, there's my uncle, there's my great-grandpa. I mean, they're literally in the ground. And you walk through that and go into the church in the stained glass windows of the names of the people on them and the plaques. Of the, I mean, this is rooted, right? And you live your whole life there. And you know every inch of land in those towns, right? You know every road. Have you ever been out on a joyride with a, with, a, with a local country boy? It's one of the one of the. It's better than any roller coaster you've ever done. I've had some of my Michigan relatives take me on rides like that. You know they've done that curve in that forest road a hundred times, and they've probably done it three or four times too fast. So they know exactly how fast to get it, and they'll bank it and put the truck in two wheel, and they'll fishtail it, and you're zipping around, and you're going. Oh, Hail Mary, Mother of God, blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, my Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and your friend's going, woohoo, take that, city boy. You know, he's flipping around and you're, you're scared. And it's no big deal to him. Why? Because he knows that one. I, I was riding with some of my relatives one time in Michigan. They were doing it and they're going like, and, and the, the guy, well, my one cousin's looked at the friend next to him and he goes, right here, and this is the place where the dead cat was because the dead cat was right. And they both went, there. They knew the spot in the ground on the road where the cat died. That's rooted. You know every inch of land. You know every inch of the people. You know every inch of the church. And the church has been a part of your life and your family's life. And everybody, it's part of everything you do. And you've probably even read, and you sit down, you read a family Bible, and it may be literally the same Bible. The actual same Bible that's been passed down from generation to generation. That's a rooted life. It's easy to raise a rooted faith in a rooted life. But in most of America, that's kind of a passing world. It's, not, it's, not, it's kind of going away. And that's not all bad. Change isn't always bad. It's necessary. But it goes deeper than that, in a sense. We don't tend to stay with much of anything in America very long anymore. You know? Our relationships are shifting. Our marriages don't last. Our cable TV companies, we go through those every, I don't know how many years. I think some people shift their relationships way quicker than they shift their internet providers. But, you know, this is what, this is what I sit and I hear all over, all over. You know, it's all over the internet. Don't commit. Don't settle down. Don't lock yourself in. Why? Why? It might not work. And if it doesn't work, it'll be painful. Why? Don't lock yourself down with one because hi, you know, there could be another someone else over there, right? It's like the grass could always somehow be greener. So don't plant don't plant roots. Always keep moving. Keep your options open. Don't commit too much to one cause cuz Maybe you're missing out on another. And, and don't commit to the back end of the cause, the hard work, the meetings, and all that, when you could just jump around from other things. Keep it fun. Keep it shallow. Because the more rooted you get, the more you might be missing out. Right? This is what I hear everywhere. How do you form a rooted faith in a world like that? And then that doesn't even factor in the fact that we move around a lot, right? 
I mean, even here at Lord of Grace, if everybody in my 11 years who's physically moved out of town hadn't moved, this room would be so full, I'd have the chairs back in the front. But it's just people move. We move, right? And, you know, I can remember, I, I can remember a, a, few year, a few years ago um, where talking about, like, trying to get a rooted faith where a, a normal day would be, I'd go to work, and by the time I was, I'd come home, there would be at least one or two or three different activities to shuffle people to. And somewhere in there, I had to shuffle, you know, a high schooler or two while carrying along little ones in diapers. And we had to manage all this while making sure that everyone got fed and they got their homework. And then you come home and you eat. And then cleanup could be about an hour. It takes an hour to clean up a seven-person meal, you know, kids throwing food on the floor and, and dropping their Cheerios and you wipe everything down and you get all done with that, oh, that's right, and then you got to pick up the oldest one, he's still up in Oro Valley, that's right, don't forget him, because if you do, they'll never let you forget. <laughs> and then you come home at nine, you collapse, you're like, oh, and then you go, oh, yeah, remember the days when we had church night? Church night, you just went to church for a whole night. That doesn't exist anymore, right? How do we create a rooted faith? I can't even find the time to put down roots sometimes. There's so much competition to, clean, to compete with. Somewhere in the midst of that, I've got to find a way to build the faith and grow the faith. And so what do you do? Well, these things take time, right? They take an investment. So we can grow up together around the faith. So, you know, we try to make a time. We make the time. We plan out for Sundays. We budget the time to go to Bible camp and to do VBS. And we budget time in front of our meals to say grace. And we, I make a point of trying to include faith in all that we do so it isn't like a special segregated thing. It's a part of normal life and normal conversation so that we can grow up around it. But you have to make it a part of who you are, whether who you are moves around or a lot. So you can be like those old trees that get roots that go around the rocks. Why have I been talking about roots? This is a biblical thing, too. The prophet Ezekiel talks about this. Before Jesus talked about a mustard seed, the prophet Ezekiel was talking about cedar trees. But the parable's similar. This was our reading today, right? Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs, I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live, and the shades of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I, that I am the Lord. Bump. That's classic Ezekiel. It always ends up, and that way they will know that I am the Lord. What's going on for Ezekiel? Well, times are hard for growing faith for them too. It's always been struggles. We have a hard time. They had a hard time at times. People of God back then literally got hauled into slavery. And they didn't know what would happen to their faith. Would the kids still worship the Lord if we had to stay here in Babylon would anyone still care? Well, the prophet says yes. 
God can regrow the faith. And he's saying, looking out at his people and he's saying, yes, it is true. Before you were really rooted. You had a kingdom. You had a city and it had walls. And you had a temple. And you had priests. And you had a physical building. You had all this stuff. You were rooted. But now you're not. Now you're living in exile. But he says, being away, this exile will not last forever because what God's going to do is God's going to take a shoot. Like we exiles, we're the shoot, right? We're the, we're, we're the, we're the new shoot. All the olds died away. We got a little shoot. God's going to take that little shoot and he's going to plant it. Where? He's going to plant it back in Jerusalem. And, and all those years of all that learning and all that grew up will go into that little sprout to grow something new. The old days were like that tree, rooted, solid, but it got burned. In the case of Jerusalem, it literally got burned. But now, says Ezekiel, we can start over. But don't worry, you will get rooted again. And it's interesting, I actually Googled this. The cedars of Lebanon are not like our cedars. They, they get way bigger. They get as big as this building. And they kind of go up and out. And it's actually very, very difficult to get a cedar of Lebanon to grow from a sprig. So to do that, you know, I think the prophet is saying that God has the ability to make things grow even where we can't. It's very hard to do. But from that new one, he says, will come a new old tree. And people from all around will come to that tree. And, that, and under that tree, people will find rest and shade and comfort so yes, it's true, you were rooted before, but now you'll be rooted again. So here we are, as a church, coming out of a world uh, that was rooted with rooted churches and rooted families, and now we're moving into a new world where things are transient and we're busy and constantly changing, and trying to recreate the old way kind of hard, but we don't give up, because from, we have a legacy from that old tree from those generations, and we can start again, and we can replant, and we can grow new roots. We just don't have to, we, we just don't have to sit and lament that nobody's doing things at church like they used to, because God is not calling us to clone the old, but to start anew. And coming off COVID, that is really what it feels like, you know? I mean, heck, I can't even go to Sweet Tomatoes anymore. <laughs> right? No more Sweet Tomatoes. It's gone. I guess they shut that down and said, you will know that I am the Lord. <laughs> this is a test, a test. Never will I get that plate where I can fill it up with 25 pepperoncinis. You don't need that many, but if you can, you do, right? And it hurts, but you love it. And then you get an onion soup and a bread that's got more butter on it than wheat, but you eat it, and now it's gone. The old has gone on. And, we have pe and, and that's what happens. People move on, and people leave, and people come, and, and, but we're still here. We can take what we had and go back to the things that made us rooted again and restart like a sprig. 
We can go back to spending time with Jesus, with our church, and plant new roots. Wherever that point is in our life where we are, God can take that little sprig, and God can make it new, and give it new life, not just for us, but for everyone around. Amen.